0: Log Talk Radio
1: The Alan and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show We are live tonight This is Matt filling in for Aaron And here's Alan What's up, Alan?
0: Hey, how you doing so far? How you doing today, Matt?
1: I'm doing well Um, Very exciting time for the Alan and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show As y'all have branched off And you are officially on Blog Talk Radio And very soon you'll be on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and iTunes I am super excited for y'all And um, so how are you doing this week?
0: I'm doing very well. I definitely, uh, it's, it's nice that the year's starting off pretty good, and I'm healthy, you know. So that's that's definitely a great thing. I'm excited to, to now officially be branched off and in a good way, and I'm just praying that the show continues to do great things.
1: Absolutely, and let's talk about first off tonight. I know this wasn't on our topics, but there was a huge trade in the NBA: James Harden to the Nets. And I think that um, you got the big three. If Kyrie can just get off his COVID restrictions after the birthday yeah. party that he went to, <laughs> I think it <it'll> would be very <laughs> interesting. Um, you got a big three out there in um, in Brooklyn, man. What do you think about that?
0: I think it's it's definitely a great opportunity for the big three, those big three, to kind of gel together and make something great. However, I do question this because of the personalities involved. I think everybody's going to have to kind of fit into a role and kind of if you want to win, you're going to have to back off a little bit with the horse and let somebody else kind of take some of the shots and find an identity. With Kyrie, too, as you mentioned with COVID, he's going to have to start taking things a little bit more seriously with his career. But I think he could do well. It just said the guys need to really step it up.
1: Yeah, I, I like this big three. Um, I, honestly, I think all the ball movement is going to go through James Harden. James Harden um, will run the one. Um, Kyrie will just have to—he I, I, has to play off the ball because James Harden, he brings it up with the Rockets. He brings the ball up. Everything runs through him. And Kevin Durant. Uh, Kevin Durant. I mean, what can you say? The guy came off. An Achilles injury, and um, he looks great so far. I don't think Kevin Durant's going to be an issue. Uh, Kyrie's just got to get with it. Um, I think if they can get with it and, you know, and the season goes well, uh, they can come out of the East, man. Uh, those three, that's a really good team. No,
0: I agree. I think if they can get things together, they definitely have the talent. Uh, that's where Kyrie, I think uh, – you're right. I, to your point, I think – Kevin Durant is not going to be that much of an issue in this mix. I just worry more about Harden and Kyrie, those two, because Kyrie loves to kind of be the the superstar of the team. So does James Harden. And that dynamic is going to have to kind of – somebody's going to have to give some. You know, like you said, James Harden likes to take the ball up. So does Kyrie. Kyrie likes to shoot and so does James Harden. So it's one of those things that – You kind of have to see how this plays itself out. They have to work together. If they can work together, great things can happen. I definitely can see them coming out of the East for sure.
1: Yeah, and I think James Harden has to be the one because he averages more assists than um, Kyrie does. I mean, he's more of a ball distributor. Um, It's kind of like Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson didn't have the offense of James Harden, by any means. (laughs) But um, I think James Harden um, is probably one of the best players to never win a title. And I think he's he's looking for a title. Um, he needs to be in a little bit better shape. I get it. I mean, uh, I think everybody had a little COVID-19 um, pounds overweight, maybe. Um, now we're a lot of training camp going on. Um, he was frustrated, and hopefully um, he gets... I think James will get with it and get better shape. As um, Kevin Durant, I don't think... And Kevin Durant knows James Harden. They played together Oklahoma City. And I, I think this once they gel together, get probably about 20 games under their belt. Um, I think that this will be um, – you, you'll know who they are after 20 games together. I think you'll get a good feeling yeah. for how the teams are going to react. Um, they'll be definitely make the playoffs. But um, they're one of the favorites to come out of the East now to um, go to the finals. So we'll see how that goes. I, I'm really excited to see these th- three guys play on the same um, – got three, like, Hall of Fame talents <laughs> that are going to be yeah. – um, <laughs> Pretty much in their primes, playing together. I think this big three is better than the Miami big three with Bosh, Wade, and LeBron. I think these three combined, talent wise, it's better than those three back in Miami, and they went to four finals.
0: Right. Yeah. And it took them a while to gel, and and uh, that's just the part that I. You're right. I just hope that they gel together. And I just hope that James Harden does understand the fact that, yes, I I admire that you want to win, but when it comes to winning, especially in the NBA, there also is a huge sacrifice you have to make. And that means, like you said, distributing the ball a bit more, maybe not taking that last shot if it's better for the team. There's a lot that you have to peel back to win. And that's the part that James Harden is going to have to understand.
1: Exactly. It's a team sport. I think basketball is it's probably one of the sport. greatest team sports out there because you need, in this day and time, you need a big three. If you want to win a championship, maybe even a big four. Um, look at Golden State when they had uh, their big three, Draymond is the fourth. Um, even with the Bulls in the 90s, they had Tony Kukoc as the fourth. Um, so right. if you look back, there's always been these teams, these quote-unquote super teams you need that if you want to win. Look at um, Stockton Malone. There's just two of them. I mean, then you play the big three, a big four with um, with the Bulls. So it, it's it's very difficult. Um, it's per, and big thing with NBA. I don't what it is, personalities, man. These guys got personalities. Yes. They have a lot of power. They do. And they and that's when you start seeing things like remember Dwight Howard with Lakers. I want out of here. You know, he say he want to go to Lakers, and then he wants out of the Lakers. And look at Dwight Howard's career ever since. He did get back in the Lakers and get a title. But, I mean, if you have, like, a bad attitude, it goes nowhere in the NBA. That will absolutely destroy a team.
0: Yes, absolutely. It will It'll destroy a team. And it can also destroy your career along with it. You know, it's just, I think Dwight Howard, when he left Orlando, I don't think his career has ever been the same. You know, he went from being, like, the the – the Superman there was in Orlando, and when he just he just went from team to team to team, I'm glad he finally did get a ring, but you see it, he got a ring pretty much not playing at all, but he did get a ring you know it, it how would who would figure that the guy who had the ball most of the time in Orlando would have gotten a ring that way, but that's how it worked out, you know and if you have a bad attitude in, in sports, you're not going to go so far, and you could actually be not only not. Costing your team wins, you can be costing yourself a career too. It's happened so many times.
1: Yeah, and it's like Dwight Howard thought he was going to be the next Shaquille O'Neal. He thought he was going to hop out of Orlando, go to L.A. Get you know get the movie deals, all this stuff, and it just was a dumpster fire, absolute dumpster yeah. fire when he went out there. It to was. LA. It, it was terrible. But let's um let's talk a little bit about um this upcoming um divisional rounds. We had super wild card weekend. Which, Alan, I was super excited about. You had six high quality games. Um, they were all relatively competitive. Um, you know, the Bears, I don't think they should have been in, but that's just my personal opinion. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, so, uh, what do you think about Super Bowl card weekend?
0: Uh, I thought it was phenomenal. I just, like you said, six games both Saturday and Sunday. And, you know, this is talking about last weekend. It was just great to have that quality of football. Like you said, most of the games were competitive, and even that Bears game was competitive. It's just that the Bears, they don't have much room for error, and there was a couple of plays that could have made the difference in that game. For one, dropping a a touchdown pass where you were wide open. You know, you just can't do things like that. But I just – I love – Saturday and Sunday to to have those games played and, and as you mentioned, they were all relatively very competitive. It was a great weekend of, of sports and and great weekend of football. I loved it. What did you think about it?
1: Well, I thought it was great to have um the extra game on each day um It was football from like one o'clock um all the way till late, so it was like you had a one you know he had a one o'clock a four o'clock and like an eight o'clock game. So yeah. it was really awesome to have all day football and it was like one game each. So you didn't have to like, you know, have a red zone package or you didn't have to flip between CBS and Fox and, you know, trying to, you know, look at different games and stuff. It was just good to have competitive football, not a bunch of blowouts and don't mind, you know, don't say I don't like to see a blowout occasionally. I mean, I watch college football. There's a blowout every Saturday. Yeah. college football. There's always that. Um, but I think it's really good that the NFL did that. Next year, they're going to have an extra game. We're going to have 17 games and 18-week schedule, so you're going to get an extra game there. And I think that they're going to – they might expand the playoffs to eight teams in each um, conference. That means – I mean, you're going to look at half the teams make the playoffs. 32 teams, you got 16 making the playoffs maybe next year. So I, it, it's good for them because it's more money for the league – more money for the TV partners, and more money for the owners, and for the players too. Where they negotiate, they're gonna have more money. Yeah. So I think it's good for all parties.
0: I agree. I, th- I think it's great for all parties, especially being that they're getting hurt a bit for the the ticket sales. You know, with this COVID thing going on, you know, the, uh, you know they're not making as much money at the gate. I just think it's a very good thing to kind of rebound, and everybody makes a little bit more.
1: Yeah, the biggest thing is with with all these sports leagues the tv contracts is where a lot of the money comes from they got to play like um, major league baseball is saying we're going to play 162 so they're already coming out saying hey we're going to play a full schedule this is what it's going to be <laughs> fans or yeah. no fans we're going to play and um i i probably you'll probably see the um the Toronto Blue Jays playing back in buffalo again <laughs> for, yeah. for the season <laughs> because i don't think canada is going to Play the game. We have hockey where, um, where the hockey divisions is in Canada. They will play no one in the United States until they get to the playoffs and then they'll start um, expanding out, probably do bubbles like they did um, last, for last season. So as this COVID thing continues and um, the vaccines are out and people are um, starting to do that. So I, I think sports will get back to normal just as everything else is getting back to normal as we start getting through this. But uh, I'm really just excited for uh, Tampa Super Bowl coming up in February. We're just a few weeks away from it. Yep. And um, uh, let's talk a little bit about um, what these games coming up this weekend. I mean, we got some incredible matchups. Um, let's talk about um, what I'm really excited about, Buffalo and Baltimore. I think that's going to be an excellent game.
0: Yeah, I think that's going to be an excellent game. I think uh, Lamar has a lot to prove in the Ravens. He had a fantastic game, and he finally got his first playoff win. I know he's not satisfied with that. He he wants to have a great run in the playoffs, which I can definitely understand him. Him his thoughts on that. Josh Allen is his third year in the in the league. He's he has an outside shot to get the MVP, and he had a great season. He's got he's got a, a great receiver too, Stephon Diggs. And it's gonna it's gonna be a great matchup. I think. I really think it's gonna be a great weekend of football. I'm pulling for Lamar to get this win, but I just I just think that the Bills unfortunately do have a a bit more weapons to play with. The, the Ravens do have a very good defense. Don't get me wrong; great secondary. But I just I just feel at the end of the day, the Bills. Have more more options available to them to move the ball and make plays, so I see the Bills winning this game in a close close game.
1: Yeah, um, it's the closest line right now two and a half point favorite for the Bills. Yeah. Um, I like the Bills in this game. Not to say that the Ravens can't beat them. Um, but you got Lamar Jackson. If if it starts snowing. which it's going to. They already said it's going to be around 34 degrees at kickoff. It'll start snowing, and you're going to get that lake effect. You might get a little bit more snow than normal over there. Um, But I really think that if Lamar Jackson can scramble in the snow, um, it's an advantage to the offensive player in the snow because they know where they want to go, and the defense doesn't know where they're necessarily going to go. Um, But the running game, it's got – I mean, the Ravens have to control the running game. If they cannot control it on the ground, Josh Allen and the Bills—they're a lot more used to the bad weather. And I think Josh Allen not only can he run, he can throw the ball. The guy's got a cannon for an arm. So I am—he does. I—I think the Bills will pull it off. But I would not be surprised if the Ravens won either. I think it's a—it's probably the most evenly matched game that we got coming up, um, Wild Card Weekend. I mean division around weekend.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, just, I just you you're exactly right. I wouldn't be surprised if the Ravens won. I I just think in order for the Ravens to win this game, Lamar has to get hot. He has to make a couple of passes right on point. He's got to make a couple of runs to get himself some confidence. And I think if he does get the the ball rolling, they can win this game, but I just think it's going to be the quarterback that plays the best and be the coolest under pressure. And Josh Allen sometimes get a little bit nervous under pressure. I don't think I'll see that from Lamar though. But I just think I think at the end of the day, I think the Bills just have a little bit too much offense, and I think they'll win it for that reason.
1: Uh, let's talk about the um, one of the it's so of the highest spread, but we got the uh, the Packers hosting the Rams. Packers are a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, we got Jared Goff starting. Um, Jared Goff has pins in his thumb. Um, it is going to be cold in Green Bay like it is during the winters. Um, I can see this thing getting really out of control, where the Packers absolutely destroy the Rams and blow them out. Um, Aaron Rodgers, he's got weapons. He, I mean, he was not happy with Jordan Love being drafted, but as we can see, Aaron Rodgers this year much better than last year. Second year in the Flures offense, um, the defense is doing pretty darn good, and I, I think that the I think this could be a twenty one point plus game blowout against the Rams. What do you think? Wow,
0: I, I think the Rams are a better team than their record shows, and their defense is solid. I don't think it's it's gonna be a blowout. I just think as they have Jalen Ramsey, they have a very, very good defensive minded team. Their team does have some playoff experience as far as them making it to Super Bowl, Jared Goff included. I'm I'm a little biased in this. I'm hoping the Rams actually win this game. Whoa. I'm gonna pick the Rams. I'm gonna pick the Rams for that reason. The reason why, is because that's one of the things I really wanted to talk about on the show tonight, is if the Rams do beat the Packers and the Bucks do beat the Saints, the last two games for the Bucks could be right here at home in Tampa Bay. A lot of people that's don't true. realize that. But if the Rams beat the Packers and the Rams advance and so do the Bucks in the next round, the championship game will be in the Buck Stadium, and potentially if the Bucks win that, the home game, the next game will be in the Buck Stadium too. That's the, you heard that on the Aaron and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. The Bucks have a chance to win two home games back to back, and one of the, the games being the Super Bowl, the second game.
1: That would be interesting because they had to get a wild card weekend to the seven and nine uh, Washington Football Team. That would be interesting. I don't think that's ever happened before. Alan,
0: yeah, th- yeah. You, so you heard that on, on the radio show, that, wild card that
1: the Bucs have a chance. You go wild card weekend, then you can possibly host the NFC championship game from having to be on the road in the wild card. Um, that's why I guess it's a good thing you got these seven teams, because um, there's an extra opportunity for some kind of upset like that to happen. So uh, in, I think Ring Bay, and getting back to your analysis there, Alan, I think... Now, the Rams have an awesome defense, man. I am not disputing that one bit. They have a shutdown defense, but here's what happens. If your offense can't get with it, your defense continuously has to be on the field against Aaron Rodgers when all they're going to do is run, 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 play action, and he eats you alive. That's what I'm thinking. The defense will get worn down because the offense will simply have nothing to put out there to fight the Packers. And that's that's why I think it's going to end up being a 21 point difference. Is because of that.
0: The the Rams they don't have they don't have the firepower because they don't have a healthy Todd Gurley back there. I'll give you that. But Acres has their running back has been playing really well, and he does have. I don't know if he's going to play this week, but he does have Cooper Cup. He did get an injury towards the end of the last game so I have to double-check if he's going to be back. But I just think that the Rams, they're not anything flashy right now offensively, but they can put together a time-consuming drive. And to see what they did against the Seahawks with, with Russell Wilson and a really tough Seahawk team, for them to beat them that way, they're going to need, and it was really the defense that really did it, they're going to need that type of performance where the defense really steps up and you know, Aaron Donald. They're going to need Jalen Ramsey to to shut shut down Devontae Adams because that that that's who's gonna who's going to guard him. He he needs to have a shut down game. And I I think I think the Rams have a, a good shot of winning this game. I I just think Jared Groff needs to make a couple of plays. He doesn't need to put, you know try to do too much. I think that will hurt the team right there when he tries to do too much. But if he plays and he executes, I think the Rams could actually win this game. It, it, it's, it's crazy as it sounds. And I'm actually pulling for the Rams. I'm calling it for the Rams, and I'm pulling for them to go ahead and I, win.
1: I would like to see the Rams win that game, just purely just pure to them a Bucks fan, to see the Bucs you know, win against the Saints and host the game um, part of the Super Bowl. I, I just come back to Jared Goff. Jared Goff's injured. He just had <laughs> surgery a few weeks ago in that thumb. He's got pins in it. It gets cold. The pins are metal. It's going to get really cold. And last week, I mean, he did not blow the game against the Seahawks. When I look at the Seahawks and the Rams, they're, they're division rivals. They know who they are. They know what they're all about. Um, you see these guys at least twice a year. Now you saw them for a third time. Um I think when you play division teams, and we're going to talk about that in a few minutes with the Bucs and the the Saints, I just think that the Rams, even though they were an underdog going into Seattle, I knew they had a great chance of winning that game. It wasn't rainy. I mean, it was chilly in Seattle, but you're going to the frozen tundra at Lambeau. I just keep going back to that. I'm like this is not going to bode well for a Southern California team going to, to the, <laughs> ice, to, to, to the ice of Lambeau field, but we'll see. Um, I'm hopeful. I mean, I, I hope the outcome is of what you said. Um, hopefully the Rams win and the Bucks win, then we'll see them uh, both in Tampa. So let's to the AFC for this one. Um, Browns at chiefs Browns, um, they beat the Steelers. That game wasn't as close as the, as the score at the end was the, I mean, the Browns are playing pre in defense at the end. They didn't really care. Um, the, the Steelers looked awful. They're old. They looked old. Um, big Ben looked like he ate too much. And he's really a big, big Ben. He, he needs to get in better yeah. shape. Um, you can tell as the year got longer, his elbow probably was bothering him a lot because he was throwing a lot. And when you're behind and you're throwing like he was throwing, you get worn down. Anybody gets worn down throwing that much, especially when you're down like that. But the Browns, they look pretty legit. If anybody could beat the Chiefs, I think the Browns could. What do you think, Alan? No,
0: I agree. I, I definitely do think that the Browns have what it takes to beat the the Chiefs. I do. I would not be surprised if they won that, won this game. I really would not be. They have, they have everything working for them. One thing I do want to mention about the the Steelers game. I, I love Mike Tomlin and I respect him, but I do think he made a colossal mistake in that game. You know, the Browns went up twenty-eight to nothing in the first quarter, and they had the they had all the momentum. Then around late in the second quarter, the the Steelers hung in there. I give them credit. From the second quarter, midway through the second quarter till the third end of the third quarter, the Steelers were hot. They were getting scores. They were starting to make some passes, make some plays, and chip it way into that lead. They get down to a fourth and one, and they decide to kick the ball, punt the ball, and I, I said it. The announcer said it, reporter said it. I don't know why you would kick the ball back to them when you had a fourth and one and you were down the whole game. And you kicked the ball back to them. You kicked it to the Steelers. I'm sorry, you kicked it to the Browns. They went all the way down and scored a touchdown, which meant that you went back up to three scores. Had you manufactured that drive and cut it down to five points if you got a touchdown and you still had the whole fourth quarter you have a very good shot of winning this game regardless of what happened prior. I was very disappointed in Mike Tomlin for kicking the ball on a fourth and one. I really thought that was a mistake. It was almost like he just like said, you know, I don't trust my team to get a one yard. And I don't know if it's gonna cost him his, his job, but I, I just think that that was a, a really shock to me that he didn't go for it on that fourth and one. Having said yeah, that, I- Yeah, so your thoughts on that?
1: Um, I I think his job is completely safe. Um, Steelers' ownership doesn't fire coaches. (laughs) I mean, he's (laughs) like the third coach in the last 40 years. I don't think he's going to get fired. Um, The biggest thing about Steelers is stability in their management and in their coaching. Uh, I think that's why they're one of the most winningest franchises in NFL history by far. Um, Tomlin did make a mistake. Um, They were down. It's a playoff game. If you don't, like, um, like Bruce Arian says, no risk it, no biscuit. You've got right. to do what you got to do to win the game. This is not a regular season game. This isn't a preseason game. You lose this game, you're done for the season. So what you do is you go out and you have to make calculated risk, and you've got to do it. If you're down there, go for it. If you don't get it, you don't get it. It's one yard. If you can't power through, or do some kind of trick where you act like you're power through and you get a tied in that goes off to the edge and you can get like a fade pass and get that first down. You can't trust Ben Roethlisberger, a two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback, to do that, to at least do that, or run him up the middle. Because the dude's huge. They call him Big Ben. Run him up the middle. I'm sure he would not mind. But getting back to Baker Mayfield for a second, that kid, I mean... He he has come a long way this year. I mean, he's the number yes. one pick. It, there is an expectation when you're the number one pick. A lot of people thought him to be a bust. I think he has really matured a lot. And I think with Odell Beckham going out, they got better.
0: Yeah, I, I I definitely agree. And the reason why I say that is because I think one of the downfalls that Baker Mayfield had was that he was too reliant on Odell. I know Adele demands the ball all the time, but you just can't keep forcing it to your number one receiver all the time. That's where mistakes happen. You have to manufacture offense other ways.
1: Yeah. And And that that calls, I think, a lot of
0: picks.
1: Yeah, the Browns have an incredible running game. That's how they win. They control the clock. They control the ball. They go from the run to the play action, and that's what's going to keep the Chiefs off the field. You got to keep Mahomes off the field, and that the only yeah, way you can I, do I it agree. is to throw the ball, and that's what they have to do. They have to run, 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 play action, opens up Baker, and that's how they win the game. And if they do that, they could beat the Chiefs. The Chiefs have not looked that good in the second part of the season, and Mahomes has been off for what three weeks. <laughs>
0: They don't pull a lot, and and and, I I definitely agree with you. I I wouldn't be surprised if the Browns won this game because of the fact I feel as if they have one of the few rare all-complete teams in the league. They have between between Chubb and Hunt running the ball. They can they can run really really well. Even if Baker Mayfield doesn't throw the ball, their running game is very very efficient and very good, and. Their guys, you know Landry, they, them guys could catch the ball, and and Baker Mayfield's been playing, been playing, been playing great. Defense is solid. I, I would agree with you. I would, I would not. I'm gonna predict an upset here. This is the second upset. I'm predicting. I'm predicting the Rams, and now I'm predicting, predicting the Browns. I, I think the Browns could win this game, and I, I expect them to win the game. They're coming in hot, and I just think the Chiefs are not. And also, you're right, to your point, the Chiefs have been off a lot coming down the stretch, and you don't need that much rest.
1: No, you don't. You don't. But here's the thing. The wise guys in Vegas, they have bet this up to Kansas City favored by 10. This is the biggest spread of any of the games. Wow. The the Browns are built – to run, which is an NFC North thing, you have to have a solid running game. I think that's why the Steelers didn't go any further this year because they had no running game. They can't control. Yeah. The, they can't control the clock. If you're throwing all the time, like Big Ben did, he got picked off four times by the Browns. Yeah, if you keep getting picked off, it's like you're punting and giving them the ball right where they need it every time. A turnover is like a punt. You didn't control anything of the clock. The Browns don't turn the ball over. They run, they pound it, they don't fumble, they keep control, and that's how you beat the Chiefs. Keep Mahomes off the field because if he's on the field, you're toast. That guy will eat you alive. <laughs>
0: yep. Yep. Him, him, Hill, Clyde Dilear. I mean, they just. Oh man,
1: that team is stacked. It, it, yeah, it's not even fair. It's like it's like Madden on easy mode can... when they're on fire. <laughs> So we'll see, um, but um, I'm, I'm hoping the Browns win. I would like to see that for the city of Cleveland. I think that um, I remember the old Browns before they became the Ravens, with Bernie Kosar back in the day. Um, all the heartbreak with the, with the um, the drive with John Elway. Um, these fans like the Buffalo Bills fans forced two polls in a row in the '90s. They lost every one of them. Um, That's right. It's, it's, it's good. To see the blue-collar teams like the Bills and the Browns doing well, because when those teams are doing well, I think the NFL is doing well. Because those are some of the um, the great teams um, of the you know of back in the day, and they're back, which I am super excited to see that. Let's let's go to the Bucks and the Saints. This is going to be an incredible game. What do you think?
0: I think it's going to be a fantastic game. I, I definitely think this game here. Legacy is on the line. I, you know, it's not like it's not like Josh Allen and and Lamar. The good thing about those two guys, they're young, they're hungry guys, but they have a long career ahead of them. Same with Baker. Same with Mahomes. But I definitely think this game here between – I know it's there towards the end of their careers, but still, your career is still – you. what people remember is how your career ended. Breeze and Brady, this is a career legacy type game. And I just I just feel as if the Bucs finally get over the hump and they beat the Saints. I'm going to call the Bucks to win. I think the Bucs are playing hot. This is the third time they're playing this year. The first time, the Bucs really wasn't ready for them, but they still did okay. Second time, they lost bad. What the, in order for the Bucks to win this game, though, they do need to change a few things. First and foremost, they need to stop blitzing as much as they have. The second game, you know, he, Todd Bowles, he went ahead and just blitz, 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 blitz like crazy, and Breeze knows you're blitzing. He gets the ball out fast anyway, and they just got burnt, burnt, and more burnt. You need to drop back in coverage and stop blitzing so much. That's number one. Blitz sporadically, not the majority. I think I think if they do that, they don't turn the ball over, and you have to keep an eye on Kamara. I think if they do that, I think they'll be fine. I do think this is, it's hard to beat a team. This is from Marcus Floyd, a professional NFL football player. He told me this, and he was right. He said it's hard to beat a team – twice in the NFL. This would have to be the third time the Saints are going to beat them. I think this is the time that the, the Bucks figure things out and they actually come out with a win. I got the Bucks winning against the Saints.
1: I had the Bucks winning as well. And, we, and I go back to this. The Bucks destroyed the Green Bay Packers when they came down to Tampa. They absolutely just put a clinic on Aaron Rodgers. They, I think it was a pick six. And Rodgers, I think, yep. only had four interceptions the entire year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I mean, they, if they can beat one of the greatest quarterbacks of all the time, Aaron Rodgers, I think they could beat Drew Brees. And Drew Brees, I I like Drew Brees a lot. I think he's a class act, nice guy, nice family guy. did a lot for the New Orleans area, won him a Super Bowl. This is his last game. He's going to lose to the Bucks. He's going to become a broadcaster. I think NBC's got a contract with him when he retires. He, he, he doesn't throw the ball down the field anymore. Um, I'm not saying yeah. he's Peyton Manning in his last year, but if he stays for one more year, he's going to look like Peyton Manning next year. He's, he's four, I think he's going to be 42 this week. Brady's 43, and Brady looks like he's in his early 30s. It's... they. <laughs> Brady just takes yeah. care of himself a lot differently than than other quarterbacks. And honestly, Brady probably could play till he's fifty, as long as he has good protection and weapons. He could play till he's fifty. And I don't know if Brady's going to do that, but I think that um, Brady brings a um, clout to the Buccaneers, and it just shows you how good Brady really is. Look at it; he left Green, uh, he left New England. And New England has imploded. Now the people will say they had a bunch of opt outs. Yeah, I get that. But look at this. Belichick would not get him any weapons. And look where they ended up. I think seven and nine in New England, losing record, missed the playoffs. But he's got weapons in Tampa with Brady. And Brady, eleven and five. Playoffs, baby. Gotta yeah, win the I playoffs.
0: Mean, you're absolutely right. And and I and to your point You know, no one's really saying that this is Brady's last year, and it shouldn't be. Brady definitely has at least another year, possibly two. You know, he definitely has at least another year, possibly two. To to breeze back to your point with him, I agree with you. He's not the way Peyton Manning was when he retired. He's about a year ahead of that. But Mm. I do feel that if, if Breeze, whether he wins the Super Bowl or not, if he does not retire at the end of this year, I just have a feeling it's going to be a really, really tough year for him. If he plays again, and I bet you a quarter in the way into playing, he's going to probably say to himself, I should have just retired. I just feel as if that's going to happen if he sticks around. I do feel as if this is, should be his last hurrah. You know, you you got a great family. You got a really big skier with some cracked ribs, punctured lungs. It wasn't
1: just cracked ribs, man. He broke a bunch of ribs. That was crazy. I've never never seen somebody have that type of issue. I think it was around 12 broken ribs, punctured lung. I mean, that's just a sign. And that hit, honestly, Alan, wasn't a big hit. It's it was not like, it was not. It's like that was a on him for osteoporosis. The dude, he broke too many bones. <laughs> he was like, yeah, he was just glass. <laughs> it was unfortunately, terrible. Unfortunately,
0: when you get old, your your bones get more brittle. And that was a case. case of, yes, the guy landed on him, but cracked ribs and a punctured lung. Uh, I don't think the guy did anything that that I've seen. Some hits that were dirty, and that that shot was not a dirty. That hit. was
1: a normal hit. I mean, that I think a he was flagged for a personal foul. Yeah, on, and I didn't man. think he
0: landed on him fully. Like, he, he kind of braced himself with his arms a little bit before he fell on him.
1: He was I was not didn't looking see that. to hurt him.
0: He was not looking to hurt him, and he did. I mean,
1: <laughs> it just
0: <laughs> – and, he, you know, cracked ribs and punctured lungs, that is a sign right there. You were struggling also making throws statistically prior to that injury, 20 yards down the field. Yes. That's a sign right there. That's not Drew Brees. Drew Brees has a very nice floating deep ball, and he couldn't. He had trouble getting that, that ball to land this year. That's a sign of age. I love myself and Drew Brees, but Tyson, Taysom Hill is right on your neck. He wants that job, and I think if you start again next year and you struggle, he's going to start playing a lot more than you would hope. So I don't think it's going to bode well if he plays another year. And don't look at the guy across the field, Brady. You've got a great right. You're you're absolutely right, Matt. The guy looks – TV-12, whatever he's doing, that TV-12 program that he invented is great. He's got great – Avocado
1: ice cream and going to bed. Yeah,
0: (laughs) he's got got that health (laughs) game on pat. He's got it all locked. The guy looks five years younger, and he's got at least a year, two, maybe even three, who knows. But he's got at least one or two left. Do not look at the guy over the, across the field who's around the same age as you as your decision whether you should stick around or not. You, when it comes to retirement, take it from somebody who knows, you have to reevaluate your own situation. Everybody's time is different. Make the decision on your own. But I just think it, I agree with you. I think this is, this is it for Drew Breweries, and I hope it
1: is. And it's the tail of the tape. If you look at both of them and compare both of them, just look at their pocket presence. <laughs> Brady's had better pocket presence. He knows he feels the heat. He will step up into the pocket and allow his blockers to block them away from him. He doesn't take a lot of hits. Drew Brees takes sacks. He gets hit. And that's not good. He doesn't have the better protection. And going back to your point with Bowles, you know, blitzing, they will have to blitz, they will have to make Drew Brees uncomfortable. But you have to be very selective in what you do. You can't blitz and Kamara come out of the backfield, catch a ball, and start running downfield. You can't let right. that happen either. You've got to have someone spying him. You need not, not just a linebacker. You need a safety or a corner to make sure that you are on Kamara coming out of that backfield. You need someone fast to get to him. You just cannot put a linebacker in him. That's where they can be ate up alive. And Michael Thomas is back. Um, I don't know. Honestly, Michael Thomas has had a lot of issues. I don't know what all the issues are. I don't think we will really ever know all the issues uh, with him this season. Uh, but both times when he's been in, they beat the Bucs. But um, going back to our picks, um, I think the Bucs win. Can it be close? Yeah. Can it get out of control for the Bucks and win big? Yeah, I think the Bucs can win big in this game.
0: I agree. I think the Bucs can win this game, and I, I got the Bucks winning this game, too. Uh, you know, the Bucs can do it. They they are hot. I think they get to pull this one off. I really do.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. I think it's going to be great for the Tampa Bay area. Think about it. Um, Rays went to the World Series, came close, Lightning win, and maybe the Buccaneers win the Super Bowl. I mean, that will be awesome, man. Yeah. Tampa Bay sports, baby, yeah. back on the map. TB12, baby, we're going to do it. That's right. This is the year. This is the year. Um, So let's talk about. I haven't seen this, but you've seen it probably. The Tiger Woods Doc Part 1. What are your thoughts on it?
0: I did see it. I thought, now the documentary is not Tiger approved, but I just thought it was a, a fantastic documentary. I put it in the category of The Last Dance with Michael Jordan. I would put a little bit notch below it because of the fact that it wasn't, a, it wasn't Tiger-proof, so you did not get any interviews as far as him giving you insight on his thought process like Michael Jordan did, but I thought it was well done. I just really thought it was remarkable how he started off, this guy, Tiger Woods, was born to play golf. I mean, he, even from a little baby in the crib and in the walker high chair, he was watching his dad play golf, and he was fascinated with it and it just started from there and by the age of 2 the guy was on Bob Hope being interviewed i mean at the age of 2 literally was on Bob Hope being interviewed and his dad had the vision to say this guy is going to transcend golf and be a humanitarian and his dad knew his dad knew now he just it's just remarkable to see his rise you know, to start from a young kid to be in high school, but you know, you did also see the fact that when you are, you are gifted, you're special and unique, and you have a special talent. You got a chance to see how kind of ugly the world can be. Meaning, when you know, he went from this sweet innocent kid to all this fame and fortune, and it just took off. And you know. It just, it just, I thought it was a great documentary. One of the things that I thought people that I would love to interview Tiger on our show, the Alan Aaron Sportsbook Roto show, and just ask him why he didn't approve it, which parts, if you did watch it, did you like, did you you dislike, you know, kind of get his thought on it. But it it didn't make Tiger look bad at all, even with the, you know, the imperfection he had. It didn't make him look bad. I thought the person who really kind of looked bad on this this documentary was Earl, his dad, and I thought his best Earl's his Tiger's best Tiger's dad's best friend. I thought they came out looking bad. Those two, especially his dad, they were pretty hard on his dad. They they put him a little bit below Joe Jackson, like less beatings. Yeah. No, you know he didn't do any beatings or anything, Dad, but he was pretty pretty tough on Tiger as far as keeping him on a straight and narrow so that he ends up being that that prodigy. So it just also shows you on this, too, this documentary, that there is a price for success. I don't think – I think some of the young people don't understand that, that when you are going to be successful, there's a price. You have to pay for that. You can't be hanging out partying every week. You have to be focused. And I think people will get that. And the last thing I just want to say about it is that – It did end with Rachel, one of his, uh, you know, his ex-girlfriends, basically saying, what do you want to talk about? And so you get a chance to see that part two is probably going to be Jerry Springer. That part is probably going to be in part two. But part one was well done. I loved it.
1: And And you kind of want to know why Tiger didn't want to, you know, maybe be a part of this documentary. I think that's one of the reasons why. It was this darkest time in his life. He had, you know, his kids. Do you think he really wants to be interviewed when his kids can see that? I mean, I, I I don't think so. Um, there, I'm sure even with the strongest of people, Alan, there is, um, I try to put this in the right words. Trauma. There's trauma Mm -hmm. involved. And he probably didn't want to revisit all the stuff with his dad. Um, even though his dad pushed him to be what he, what he is. Um, His dad wasn't the best guy (laughs) either. And, you know, you had to break a cycle sometimes in the cycle. You know, hopefully Tiger has kind of broken the cycle um, from how his father was so tough on him, but it, it, Tiger has made an amazing life for him for himself. He, he's a lot more likable than he was, you know, for a long time, no one really liked him. Um, He was, he changed golf. Um, The old timers didn't like how he was. He was very brash, um, very excitable. uh, But that's how he changed the game. Kids want to play golf because of Tiger Woods. They didn't want to play golf because of um, Tom Watson <laughs> or John Daly. Yeah. They want to be Tiger yeah. Woods. They wanted to be cool. They wanted to, you know uh, be famous for a reason and um, uh, you know Tiger Woods for what he did for golf? Incredible. Um, but as you said, fame comes at a price, and sometimes when these people start getting all this money and fame, they feel invincible. And it's not – they're not invincible. They're human beings. And as you get more and more money and more and more power, sometimes the worst mistakes happen. But um, I'm glad that he's really – it seems like he's changed his life a lot. Um, so just – I like to see people be successful. And even though people fall down, we live in a great country where, where you can turn it around. Look at Alex Rodriguez, man.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he yeah, I mean,
1: he was hated. Now everybody <laughs> loves him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: he, that's right. He, he
1: got on baseball and into broadcasting. Everybody loves him now. I don't get it.
0: <laughs> yeah, everybody loves him. He's more down to earth, and 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 he's more. And that's the thing. I think people didn't like Tiger because he wasn't relatable. He was this guy who's very talented and gifted in golf it seemed like he had everything, you know, all this money, this fame. Everything was too perfect. Beautiful Mm -hmm. wife, no bumps in the road. And when you peel back the layers, he's not very different than me and you. He has feelings. He gets happy some days, sad. You know, and like you said, you know, when you have fame and fortune, that's a lot to take take in. Uh, A lot of people I don't think understand that, that, when you walk out your door, he couldn't go anywhere without being recognized. He even said that, you know, they asked one interview that he did that was recorded that he just really struck me. And he asked him, How did you know that you were so popular? And he goes, You know, one day I, I was in the car with someone in the passion seat and they were driving and. Someone recognized me in the car, in the passenger seat, and I was like, wow. And, you know, the car wasn't like, it was a low car, it was small, and it also had some tint, and they still recognized me in the passenger seat, and I just couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. And he just, he just, I mean, that's what comes with fame, you know. You know, a lot of people don't understand that, that it, you can't turn off the switch. You can't go to a store and turn off a switch and say, okay, I'm not going to be famous for today.
1: That's the thing. You
0: know, it, 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 everywhere you go. But, yeah, he, you're absolutely right. To your point, he transcended golf, and he made his mark on golf. Regardless of whether he wins a Masters or not, that guy, to me, is the greatest golfer that ever played this sport. And, and the, the deal with the stuff he had to deal with is it's just remarkable. And I think if you want to see a, you know get motivated to do something special, you need to watch a documentary and, not, and learn from his mistakes. Learn from his mistakes.
1: And the thing is, like with celebrity, uh, money, power, fame, human beings, we've seen, we've seen this thing played out so many times, Alan, through um, celebrities, actors, athletes, politicians, whatever it may be, they're not perfect. And the thing is, when they fall, it seems like it's an incredible free fall because they're in the public eye. You know, Joe Snow yeah. down the street. Goes, hangs out with some women he shouldn't be hanging out with. Joe Schmo, he doesn't have to fall that far. He's already yeah. at the bottom. <laughs> he's at the top of the mountain. Yeah, he's going to roll down that damn mountain. <laughs> that's what's going to yeah, happen.
0: Exactly. Some of his so, friends might know, maybe the neighborhood knows, and coworkers. but that's it, not millions and thousands of people.
1: Yeah, and it's on Sports Center every night. It's on TMZ. It's on E. It's it's everywhere. You can't Social escape media. it. That, but that is that is one of the things where especially and – and I'll talk about the NBA for a second because I think this is huge for the NBA players. They have a lot of positive COVID tests right now, a lot. A lot of games have been postponed. They did a really good job in the bubble, but this is where it comes down to. they got to get this under control. You can't be hanging out at birthday parties. You can't be going to clubs. You can't be going out in groups. you got – if you want to make money, you've got to be responsible. And I think um, Adam Silver with the NBA players, it, they got to get this under control, man, because if they can't play games, they don't get paid. And last year they lost a lot of money, and there's a lot of money on the line right now. And canceling games and postponing them, not good. So what do you think about the NBA? Do you think they get this COVID thing under control anytime soon?
0: I really hope so. I don't I they were doing really good, but I just think guys unfortunately like Kyrie having parties and doing things like this put everybody at risk and it puts the the bubble at risk and it puts everybody at risk and I just think I think it's going to be hard for the NBA because now we're our season passed. Guys are getting comfortable. That's one thing I noticed about mm-hmm. the COVID thing. People start getting lax and comfortable. you getting, all right, this, this pandemic didn't go away yet. Yes, they, they have a vaccine. Not everybody has gotten it, number one. Number two, you still need to take two shots. And it's it, you have to look at it. It's 95%. It's not 100%. So it's not over yet. And people start taking these risks that unfortunately put themselves and other people at risk. And one of the things that I love about Tiger Woods is if you're going to be successful, you have to keep the foot, you have to keep your foot to the pedal and keep moving forward. Whether you win or lose, you have to stay focused and keep being driven and make your golf game or your sport your priority. You can't take these risks and because COVID is a scary thing, not only is it something that you know, you can die from, you can give it to someone else. You may not have any effect on it, but give it to someone else. You may not show any symptom, you give it to someone else, they can actually die from it. It's just it's just it's just a scary thing. I on that note I did want to go ahead and send Aaron some of my prayers, his family. He did did tell me that, um, unfortunately, his parents and his brother have unfortunately contracted COVID-19. I definitely wanted to send my thoughts and prayers to to Aaron and his entire family. We're pulling for you and we're praying for you that you make it through on the other side and that you'll, you'll, you'll end up coming out all right. Uh, prayers and thoughts to to the Aaron family.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, the good thing is there's a lot of treatments out there right now. Uh, we understand a lot more than we did last year, uh, which is good. Yep. Um, so um, thoughts and prayers to Aaron's family. Um, everything will be okay. It's going to be okay. I mean, the survival rate's way up. I'm I, I look at all positives right now. Um twenty twenty one, baby. We got we gotta be there in twenty twenty. We got to. Yeah. <laughs> we, got to yeah. we got to. Um, let's talk about real quick um for our last topic of the night. We got some new NFL coaching hires, which is incredible. Urban Meyer, uh, former bowling green, Utah, Florida national championship coach, Ohio State National Championship coach, probably one of the best, one of the top um college football coaches of all time. He's going to the NFL with the Jacksonville Jaguars, and he's not the number one pick. What do you think, Alan?
0: I think it's it's a great hire. I, I, you know, want to say that between Aaron and myself, we did call this a week ago that that hire was going to happen, and the Jaguars are going to pull them up, pull it out. We did say that on the Alan Aaron Sports Talk greater show that we had a high probability that 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 Urban Meyer was going to get picked up and he was going to get picked up by the Jags and it was exactly the way we described was going to happen. I think it's a great opportunity for both the Jags and Urban Meyer. I do think, just like me and Aaron spoke about, he's going to have to understand it's not the collegiate level. These are grown men who don't kind of need you kind of like a kid. They don't, they're not as dependent on you as a grown man would be dependent on you. Meaning, he's going to have to understand that you are dealing with men, you can't like say, okay, you know, I got your scholarship, I got your grant, I got your NFL career in my hands, and I pull all the strings. That's not going to fly with an NFL player, because they have, it's quite the contrary, it's quite the opposite. They got more money than you do, and they're kind of calling the shots. So I think I think it's going to be a learning curve for Urban, but I do think he's a smart guy. He will figure it out. He just needs to get a, a good team around him that probably has experience, defensive offensive coordinator, and work within a system. And I just think as long as he gets through that learning curve, he's going to be a great coach. I think Jacksonville needed this move. I think it's going to be a great hire. And plus, another thing I think that's really good is that he's still in Florida, a state that he's – very, very familiar with, and I think he's going to do great. Plus, he also has if not the number one pick or number two pick, he's going to have a great opportunity to get a a great draft pick. It's lining up good for him. I think he made the move at the right time. What are your thoughts on it?
1: Um, He's an opportunistic kind of guy. He just doesn't take a job to take a job. He took Florida, took him to the National Championship one, won another one. Uh, He went to Ohio State. Quick turnaround, won a national championship. He's got plenty of cap room at Jacksonville. He's got the number one pick. He's probably going to pick Trevor Lawrence. He's going to have a, a, one of the top can't-miss quarterbacks, of, I guess since Andrew Luck probably was the last can't-miss quarterback. And uh-huh. he's I, and he's learned. He's learned that he – and he said this in an interview with the press. He cannot do what he did in college, have everything on his shoulders. He needs to delegate to his coordinators. Y'all need to do this. And with NFL, it's different. It's not constant, constant recruiting. The college game, there's two national signing days now. It's constant. It's like Nick Saban is the is the epitome of college football. Nick Saban's almost 70 years old. What does he do as soon as he's done winning the national championship? He's getting on a plane or driving to recruit some kid. That's how he keeps winning at the cliff. he wins at, because you have to do that in college. If you want to win, You it's 24-7, 365. If you've got to get a five-star quarterback out of California, guess where you're going? You're going to California. You're going to Jersey. You're going wherever it takes to get get the kid signed and in your camp. So, I think Urban Meyer has learned that. He's had great success prior, but he's had health issues. Because you know what? You can't be everything to everyone. Once you do that, there's still like to live, man. I can't live a life like that. So I think that um, Urban Meyer will have success. Um, he's in a division. Um, I, I think they have a Texans. They have, what, Tennessee and is it Indianapolis in that division? So I mean, I think it's a it's a winnable division. Um, give him a, and he's gonna lose games next year. By far, he's gonna lose games because he's gonna have rookie quarterback. He's gonna play. Um, if he had like a Ryan Fitzpatrick type, he can win eight games next year. <laughs> they can go from one win. Yeah. To eight. I mean, if you get a decent quarterback in there, they got some talent in there. They got money. They can get free agents. They got plenty of draft picks. I mean, he could have that thing turn around in two to three years. And, and I think he can win a division in three years. He can win that division in three years. And four to, he's got a five-year contract, four to five years, if he keeps going the way I think he can go, uh, deep in the playoffs. I, I, I mean, these young quarterbacks, that's what you need. You need a kid on a rookie deal, and then you can build around them. That's how these teams win. Rookie quarterbacks on good deals,
0: yes, absolutely, and i I think you're right. I just it sounds based on you know what you're saying with the interview. I didn't get a chance to catch it that he has the right mindset coming into this, and that's what i I feared about as far as you can't come in with the college mindset that you got to do everything on your own, and it's my way or the highway that probably would work for the first round pick as quarterback. But it's not going to work for the majority of the team. So I think, based on what you said, that he already has his mind in the right place, and I think he's going to be a very successful hire there in Jacksonville. I can't wait to see.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, As we wrap up tonight, um, incredible things going on in sports. We went from the summer of no sports in 2020 to having um, an incredible – time of sports ever since, um, the end of summer, um, when everything started coming back. So, um, I want to thank you for inviting me on tonight, Alan, to, um, guest host tonight as Aaron is out tonight. Uh, hopefully next week, um, Aaron's back. If he's not, um, I can always jump into the seat. In talking <laughs> NFC AFC championship games, so don't forget me. Uh, as always, I'm here uh, for y'all. Um, love y'all. You're y'all doing an excellent job on the show, and I'm so glad that y'all branched off in doing y'all's thing, and I'm creating a much success in 2021.
0: Absolutely, thank you so much, and same here. Continue success, and and everybody out there, we hope that we thank you for listening, and continue success in 2021. It's going to be a much better year for everybody.
1: Exactly. All right, folks. It's been real. We'll talk to y'all next week on the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show from um, me, Matt, filling in for Aaron and Allen. Thanks so much for listening tonight. Y'all have a great week.